Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. So today we're going to talk to Ray from Montreal, who's the owner of a social enterprise and fashion brand, Origami Customs. So, Ray, tell us where you went to school. Yeah, for sure. Um, I went to school for sociology uh, through Concordia here in Montreal, um, as well as Athabasca, when I was living abroad in Honduras during my um, earlier years. Uh, But I am actually self-taught as a fashion designer. Honduras. What were you doing in Honduras? I spent um, my later teen years and most of my 20s living in Central America. It's where I founded my brand. Um, I started uh, by owning a beachwear store with my ex-wife, and we lived there together for many years while I kind of figured out what I wanted to do in the fashion world, but we were scuba diving instructors down there. So very, very different life for me, but it's where origami got off its feet originally. Okay, so... You've touched on it a little bit, but talk about your work experience. Yeah, so I own Origami Customs, and it's um, a handmade line of clothing that's specifically made for the gender diverse and transgender community. Uh, We do gender affirming garments that are customized and made by hand by our team up here in Montreal. And we also run a sister program that distributes gender affirming garments to people who can't afford those through a network of NGOs around the globe. Before you got into origami, what what kind of work did you do besides the surfing? Oh man, I have I have done <laughs> I've done many many things. Um, yeah, I was I was really interested in sociology from a young age, so really tried to work with a lot of different organizations. Was when I was younger, I did a lot of um, of volunteer work with um, organizations like Children's International Summer Villages and other like peace education programs. But I mean, just to get by, I did everything from like working at an ice cream store to working in the legislative assembly as a a page. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I really got into fashion quite early when I realized that my sociology degree wasn't going to get me uh, in the doors that I wanted to go through. I saw a lot of people coming out of their uh, humanities degrees with a lot of student debt and having a really hard time getting work. And so I realized I can actually use my degree for more good going through this path that I already had the skill set for. And so I said, decided to build up the brand as a way of creating this social enterprise and affecting more people and affecting more change through this very uh, non-traditional way of practicing sociology. So, Ray, you, you worked with your uh, wife at the time. Mm-hmm. And what did you run a business together? Or? Yeah, we, we started by opening a surfwear store. So, we would import, you know, the, the fancy, cool surfwear brands for people who were um, mainly scuba diving in the place where we lived, a small island off the coast of Honduras. And um, I realized that I had the skill set to. Uh, make specifically bathing suits for people who you know weren't finding that they could find things to fit them weren't finding things that would last long enough and I had been making my own clothes since I was a child it just runs in my family 
Um, so I started selling my clothing out of that store um, and then eventually online and it kind of snowballed from there. Okay, so the company now, is it both online and in person? So mostly we do online through our, our web shop, origamicustoms.com. But um, in the last couple of years, I've been really trying to get us into more brick and mortar. So now we're in about 50 stores throughout the world, as well as the other 50 or 60 other NGOs that we work with. That's uh, very impressive. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, having done that, what kind of stores are you located in and where? Um, our brick and mortars are mainly sex shops, um, people that want to cater to a gender diverse audience and they want to branch out into um, gender affirmation gear. And so um, we're also looking at some smaller like boutique lingerie boutiques and things like that. Um, and then, of course, the NGOs are different organizations that um, work at different intersections, anything from working with queer and trans youth to people dealing with homelessness, people with HIV AIDS status, um, just really uh, refugees, like things across the board that would um, disallow people from having access to the gender affirming garments that they need. Okay. Why do you call yourself a social enterprise? <laughs> well, I mean, I've taken a very interesting route to get here, um, but I realized that I was never going to be like a fashion person who did runways and did it for the fame and anything like that but I could affect real change through a skill set that I already have um in in a couple ways you know like I've mentioned we're able to have this network of NGOs that we work with um that get products out for free to people who need them and our uh, our web shop really funds that program um, and as well, we've really been entrepreneurs uh, at the cutting edge of providing gender affirming health care and um, a work environment that's catered towards queer and trans people that I've spoken on panels and given talks about at universities around the world, because what we're doing for um, creating environments that are really specifically catered to queer and trans people, it hasn't really been done a lot before. And I really feel like I was a person who could push that forward and and figure out a way of creating environments that were um that were made to support queer people that we haven't really seen yet so what are homeless people you hit me there that's one of my favorite areas mm. that i'm working in so yeah yeah, so we work with some organizations um, specifically who work with homeless youth. And as we know, like homeless youth, there's an extremely high percentage of people who are queer and trans um, for for many reasons. And, and most of it being, you know, that they're not being accepted by their families and, and aren't finding that they have a home space to be in. Um, and those people need to have gender affirming garments to feel um, good about their bodies and to feel accepted in the world. Um, and so we've been able to provide those organizations with products that then they, they then give away to um, people who yeah are, are lacking that access to be able to fund it themselves. Can you give me some examples of the NGOs you're working with? Yeah, so we've got a couple um, out in Victoria and Vancouver. We work with an offshoot of Rain City Housing. Um, they have a, a program um, called the, the Binder Program. Um, we've got, um, off the top of my head, um, oh, I can't remember the name of some of them. 
but we've got organizations, yeah, who um, and often are, are like a sub-branch of a larger organization and often um, through universities throughout the states and Canada who want to be able to, to distribute in their communities. And those are um, like student-led organizations that we're finding to be really at the cutting edge of wanting to give back into their communities. Okay. In the uh, Toronto area, there's a couple of organizations, 360-degree kids mm -hmm. and Covenant House. Oh, cool. I'll have to make sure to get in touch with those. That, uh, cater to uh, homeless youth in particular. Yeah. Yeah. So well, we want to be able to reach as many people as possible. I'm always looking for new partnerships through that program. Okay. Partnerships are extremely mm -hmm. important in your case. Yeah. We talk about absolutely. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this isn't, um, <laughs> I like to think that I'm doing capitalism a bit differently and I'm, I'm trying to find a way of doing it in a different way. Um, I'm very influenced by the concept of permaculture and this kind of like interconnectedness of everyone. And, you know, in, in queer and trans communities, we, we really have this idea of mutual aid as a framework of helping each other. You know, I'm not in it as a capitalist to make money. That's not the, the goal of of this program or of this fashion brand. It's about, you know, supporting our employees first, you know, we have to start at home and then growing that in these concentric circles outwards of how can we um, structure ourselves so that we're supporting one another. So we're supporting our communities and how does that ripple effect um, go outwards and outwards. Ray, talk about your team and how you recruited them. Yeah. So I'm going into my 14th year of owning this business. And for the most part, up until seven or eight years ago, it was just me on my own. And sometimes I might have one or two people come in and help me with bigger sewing projects. But it was only a couple of years ago that we really scaled up. We actually did strangely well during COVID. And so we were able to really bring on a, a larger team after that and grow pretty substantially. And now we're a team of nine. Um, everyone works uh, full-time on production in our Montreal studio. And it was very important when I brought on people for my team that we were looking at people who would historically have less access to jobs that would support them in this way, who that had um, ability for them to learn skills that would take them farther in their career. You know, tailoring specifically is traditionally a men's job. We think of like suiting um, and tailors traditionally being men in that field, you know, and the women's counterpart to that, um, like a dressmaker being um, paid a lot less and doesn't and wouldn't necessarily have the ability to have upward mobility in their field. And so we're taking people who would historically have lacked access and we're training them with skill sets that will take them wherever they want to go in their career. And we're also providing um, gender affirming benefits that are um, way above and beyond what a small business usually has the capacity for. We're integrating things like much more um, paid sick days, uh, menstrual leave, paid mental health days, um, because it's really important to take care of our team first and foremost before we talk about affecting the community at large. You know. Do you have an advisory group that helps you? I do not. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> okay. So yeah. that's something I, I recommend that you do, mm -hmm. setting up yeah. uh, volunteer advisory boards. I would love that. That could really make a difference. <laughs> so having said that, Ray, where do you see your company three years from today? 
Um, I mean, I would love to continue this program, especially with the NGOs that we work with. Um, I would love to get funding for that because right now we're self-funded and it's extremely difficult, especially this year with what it's like for small businesses in general. But I'd really be able to reach more people through that. So um, a personal goal of mine is also to be able to talk to more people about the work that we're doing and to advise on how to create systems for queer and trans people um, within other businesses, NGOs, or other structures. So um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really open to doing panel work and, and doing more talks. Um, I was shortlisted for South by Southwest last year, which was really exciting. And I've talked at a few different universities and I've really seen the reaction to that people have that there's another way of doing this that they didn't know about and that there are ways of supporting queer and trans employees that aren't, um, so obvious. And so I'd really like to be able to help people and, and, um, yeah, integrate some more of the strategies that really worked for us. Have you thought about setting up another operation, say, in Vancouver or, or uh, Toronto? I mean, I would love to expand one day. I think we're very set in Montreal right now. Um, but yeah, who knows as we as we grow. Um, I also like to think that the growth will be sustainable um, and that we can make sure that we're like taking care of of everyone um, slowly as we go. You know, I don't I don't have an interest in getting too big too fast, and it's also why I've never produced anywhere outside of Quebec. I really want to be able to take care of people at home. I understand, but I think there's uh, bigger opportunities out there. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to see what's in store. And, uh, see, that's kind of what I do. I coach social innovators and social entrepreneurs. Yeah. On a regular basis. Do you have a, a business plan? I do, but it's really um, shifted in the last couple of years because the economic climate has changed so much. <laughs> I find it very challenging to know what to expect. <laughs> so yeah, we're really just trying to get our feet under us right now. It's been a it's been a rough couple of years for everyone. Okay. So I can help you with a business plan. I've worked with 500 organizations. Amazing. I love that. So, <laughs> so having said that, talk about some of your team members. Where, where do they come from and how did you recruit them? Yeah, so my team members come from really across Canada, um, as Montreal is such a, a place where people – um, um, it used to be that you could live cheaply and maybe that's changed a little bit, but a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, younger people and especially Anglophone people find Montreal as a way to express their art. And a lot of the people on my team are artists first and foremost, in a lot of different backgrounds, you know, visual artists, people who have been in fashion before, um, textile artists in, in different ways in the fashion industry, um, there's one of my employees who actually owns another uh, lingerie brand that she runs in tandem. So um, we've been able to cultivate this environment where people can bring in their their skill sets and use that to add to the environment and add to the creativity and help with, you know, not just the production, but adding their their creativity and their designs to the pot and have really loaned their talents so much to the way that the company has evolved. So we do have like a very diverse um, background of like the, a range of backgrounds 
throughout our employee. Um, yeah, it's it's been really wonderful to work with so many different people. Um, I learned so much from the people that I work with. We're all around the same age as well and we have um, in some ways very similar experiences. Everyone who I work with is either queer or trans and we have this kind of shared identity that we try to foster within the organization. Who handles the finances? Um, I do and I have a manager as well who helps me with that. You have an accountant? Um, we do have an accountant that, that helps, um, yeah, as well. So three years from now, you're going to be a national brand? <laughs> I would love that. Honestly, I would really love that. Ray, have you ever thought of writing a book? <laughs> um, I have not. I have not. Maybe that's in store for me one day. Yeah. Because I co-wrote a book on that, uh, how, to, how to start and grow a social enterprise. Oh, wow. Okay. That would probably really help me. Okay. Look, thank you for your time this morning. Yeah, of course. And thank you for having me. This was great. Please.